0: If you have a copy of God's Word, please turn with me to the book of Jonah. We are looking at, a, uh, at this book, at this um, minor prophet, Jonah, as he has uh, been called by God to go to a place that he didn't want to go, say some words that he really didn't want to say because he knew who God was and what he would do. We're walking through this, and I've entitled all four of the sermons dealing with a mission. Jonah, a man on a mission. The first was the mission, as we saw last week, the mission of disobedience, the mission of, of sin, the, the mission of fleeing from God. Today, so we look in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, that'll be the, the meat, so to speak, of the message, we're going to look at Jonah, a man on a mission, a mission of repentance and surrender. I'm going to read chapter 1 and chapter 2 for us this morning as we look at this man and the mission of surrender and repentance as we look at Jonah. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amitai, saying, Arise. Go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. They hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, "'What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish.' And they said to one another, "'Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us.' So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, "'Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation?' Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be quiet for us? And the sea grew more and more tempestuous, and he said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will, be quiet, will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up. You brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we spend the next few moments looking at this passage, as we look, Lord, to to your plan, to your thought of, confession of repentance, of bringing us back together in a right relationship, in fellowship with you. Father, I pray that you would individually show us exactly where we are. Show us where we are in the words that we've been speaking toward one another. Show us where we are, Father, in the, the, the thoughts. Father, the attitudes that we've had toward one another. Show us where we are in our standing with you. At this moment, Father, are are we, am I where you want me to be? Where you want us to be? Am, am I, Father, even now, show me, am, am I where... Where you desire me to be in our relationship. Our Father, is it like Jonah that there's sin in between you and me? In between us and you? Would you show that to us right now? God, as as I open this word, your word, would you speak? Everything that I have to say, would it just dissipate and go away, but Father, everything that is of You, Father, would it stick on our hearts and would it drive our lives, not just for this moment, but Father, would it drive our lives forward from day to day because You, our God, the the God of the universe has spoken to us. So Lord, would You use this time, I pray in Christ's name, amen. If you would have been at my house this week, if you would have been at my house over the the weekend, um, Paige and the kids and I went down to uh, my parents and her parents to spend a uh, birthday party fellowship for Mary Morgan because today is her birthday, and uh, we were down there. But then I came back early, I came back Friday night, and I don't know about you, but for about one night maybe maybe for about four or five hours it's just good to have silence and, and if you would have came to my house it would have been dark because I'm a guy and I like to be in a cave and just the the only thing on was was a television screen and there would have just been silence except for the sportscaster every now and then telling the score but that happened Friday night, and then all day yesterday. And Paige and the kids came home last night. But in between the ball games, I love spy. I love mystery. I love some some spy drama, espionage type things. And that would have been on the screen. And this is a message of a man on a mission. And every one of those movies that I like, or every one of the the TV shows that I like, that are like that, they, they know the target and the end game, that the goal that is there for them. But they also know exactly where they are, so that they can figure out the steps from where they are to the target or the goal. It's it's the plot of every single one of them. You know, it's kind of like you ladies like those soppy. Things that come on the Hallmark channel, it's the same story, just a different guy, different color hair on the lady or the guy. but it's the same story. It's the same thing with guys. I freely admit that. That captivates you, ladies. this captivates me, all right? So here's the mission. The mission that Jonah has in front of him is that of surrender it is that of repentance coming back to the father chapter 1 was sin you and i all know about sin we we know exactly where jonah is maybe this week has been a week where you have just been in the entrapment been entangled been ensnared with sin it's just like jonah in his prayer even his prayer In chapter 2, he says, the the weeds and the roots of the mountain, they were entangled and ensnared around me. And that is what happens when you sin and when I sin. To understand our mission, four points this morning. The first is you've got to know your position now and you've also got to know your target or what your goal is. Chapter 1, verse 17, all the way down through chapter 3, verse 2, I'm not going to read all of chapter 2 for us, but let me get us all on the same page, so to speak. In chapter 1, verse 17, the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2, verse 10, and the Lord spoke, and the fish and it vomited Jonah up upon the dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. For us to understand the mission of surrender, to understand the mission of repentance, of coming back to God, we've got to understand where we are, and we've got to understand the target. The target is repentance. The target is coming back into a right relationship with the Father, to be back on right standing with Him. And it's only on His terms that you and I can get back there. It's not by us doing better. It's not by us, oh, let me just get in the Word and let me just read, let me read, let me read, let me read. No, it is coming back to Him on His terms. No matter the outcome of the situation. It was rather easy for Jonah to know the position of where he was. He was in the belly of the fish. You know, the belly of the fish, we think about that and we're like, man, that is so amazing. That, that is so unique. And on one, one level, it is unique. I, I, there's no nobody else that's been in the belly of a fish in the Old Testament the New Testament that's been recorded in ever. Okay, so... Yeah, that is unique, but on another level, it's not unique at all, because every single one of us have found ourselves in the proverbial belly of the fish. What's the belly of the fish? The belly of the fish is the consequences of his sin. It was the consequence of his sin that put Jonah in the belly of that fish, because he broke The word of God, because he chose to go against God, there were consequences to his sin. And because there were consequences of his sin, therefore, he finds himself in the belly of a fish. Think for just a moment. What's the last belly of a fish that you've been in? What's what's the last consequence of your sin? Consequence of your sin. Maybe it was an attitude that you had toward your spouse. Maybe it was words that you said to your kids. Maybe it was an action that you did. And it took you down a road and it was a consequence of sin. And you're in that belly of the fish, just like Jonah. It was easy for Jonah to figure out where he was. He was in the midst of a consequence of sin. But the target remained the same. How in the world am I going to get out of the belly of the fish and back on target? Well, that was an act of God, and we'll get there in just a few moments. Whether it was Moses on the backside of absolute nowhere for 40 years. Or Joseph in captivity from Potiphar's house to a jail for over 10 years. Whether it was Paul being uprooted from his familiarity and from the people and from the beliefs that he had to to spend time with the Father gaining and growing for the new call that he had. God will put you and he will put me and he has put Jonah. He's allowed situations and circumstances and even consequences of sin to bring us to the point that we will call out to him. Let me illustrate this point a couple of different ways. The first is this no matter if you have a young child at the house or if you remember when you were a young child, for some of us that will take a little while, but you remember your mom or you remember your dad or you remember yourself saying to those around you, don't put your hand on the stove, it's hot. Do you know physical pain is something that you and I don't like? We don't like physical pain. It, it's not a good thing. Like um, a couple of the guys and myself, we were over uh, helping uh, do some ministry locally here with Love Works yesterday. And I think all of them I've asked this morning, how's your back? It's hurting. There's some physical exertion in us, but it hurts. And, And we're like, I don't like that. Just like that kid putting their hand on the stove, that millisecond that it takes from the nerves on the end of their fingers to get back to their head to say, Hey, take your hand off the stove. That's hot. It's burning you. It is there so that you and I don't leave our hands on the stove or our kids don't leave our hands on the stove and get third-degree burns and just burn our whole hands off. Do You know, that's the same way with consequences of sin. You and I might not like where we find ourselves today because of our actions, because of what we have done, because we have said, all right, God, I don't want you on the throne. I'm going to take over for now. And when I take over, terrible things happen. The things that Jonah did. He went down to Joppa. He went down to the ship. He went down to the bottom of the ship. Ultimately, he went down to the bottom of the sea and into the bottom of the belly of the fish. You and I have been there. All because we took control. Maybe you find yourself and you remember the story of the prodigal son. That younger brother, that younger son of the father. Goes to the father and says, Dad, I, I want what's coming to me. He takes it and he goes to a foreign land. Symbolic for walking away from God. He partakes of a lifestyle there that was fast, that was full of pleasure, that was fun. Until the money ran out. Until the friends turned on him. Until the famine came. And then he found himself in the consequences of his choice and of his sin. He found himself in the middle of a pig's in the middle of a a pig lot and he was feeding the pigs and he was looking at the pods as he was feeding the pigs, wanting to eat pig food. Maybe that's where you are right now. The consequences of your choice, of your sin, has you in the depths of disparity in the belly of the fish. We just sang about it. But you and I need to understand and we need to take to heart and we need to live this statement out and know it, that God is in charge. He is sovereign even in the midst of the consequences of your sin and my sin. Know this, that the situation that you're in right now, whether it's a financial crunch, whether it's being upset with a coworker, whether it's a rocky marriage because of an addiction, whether it's backbiting, ridicule, sharp words of venom and gossip, all of these things, all of these bellies of the fish can be used by God and will be used by God to grow you and me. So you've got to know where you are, just like Jonah did, and you've got to remember what your target is. The second point is this. Surrender brings about a change. It brings about a change in you. If you look at this prayer, there are nine verses of the prayer. Nine verses of the prayer that Jonah states crying out to God. I called out to the Lord. Verse 2 states, I cried out to the Lord out of my distress, in the middle of the belly of that fish, he cried out to the Lord. Now there's two, multiple probably, but two main that I'll bring out this morning. There's two ways to cry out to the Lord. There is the way, maybe you uh, get to the end of a semester of school, you've been here, and you say, all right, tomorrow is the exam, Lord, help me. That's a cry out to God. You have not put forth, forth one effort to understand what biochemistry is, and you've got a final tomorrow, and you say, Lord, help me. Or maybe it's at the job site, and you're like, Lord, just help. And that cry is a cry of, I'm in trouble That cry is a cry of, Lord, I don't know what in the world to do, and so I'm just coming to God for this. That's not the cry of help that Jonah cries out here. He cried out to the Lord. He came to the place and he said, I have made a mess of my life. I have found myself in this consequence, and Lord, I cry out to you. No matter if you get me out of this or you don't, I'm going to trust you. I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves. He acknowledges that this was God. Doing this, all of your waves and all of your billows, they passed over me. I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters, they closed over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. The roots of the mountains. And I went down to the land. Yet you, you brought up my life from the pit, oh Lord my God. God sees your heart. He knows which cry you're crying out. Oh, just get me out of this trouble. Just get me out of this tough spot. Just, just get my feet out of the, out of the rut so that I, I can take charge again. Or, Father, I give you everything. Like Jonah said. Like Jonah's heart was. He knows your heart he desires to rescue you he desires to rescue you from the waves and the wind from the tempestuous sea that is all around you Matthew chapter 20 excuse me chapter 16 verses 24 through 28 states this if anyone if anyone would come after me let him deny himself let him take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. Truly I say to you, There are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. Surrender for you and surrender for me. It brings about a change of position. Not necessarily a physical position, but a heart position. Some of you have heard this story. Some of you have not. But my mom and dad... We're in high school, not married, and my mom was 17, my dad was 18. I know both were 17 at the time, and uh, my mom and dad got pregnant. 17 years old, my sister was born, and after my sister was born, they were married. You know, there was a consequence to that sin. That sin of having sex outside of marriage and that consequence is my sister. When my sister was 15, she decided she didn't like being a consequence of sin and so she ran away. She didn't get very far. She went to my grandmother's house right down the hill. But she understood something that you and I understand when it's somebody else, but you and I need to understand when it's us as well. Consequences of sin continue on. They continue on. Is there forgiveness? Yes, my Father in heaven has forgiven my mom and my dad. My Father in heaven has forgiven me multiplied times over and He has forgiven you. But there's no way that Jonah could go back and not be in the belly of the whale, excuse me, the fish. There's no way for you and for me to get away from the consequences of sin. Can we be forgiven? Thank the good Lord, yes. But surrender for you and me brings about a change of position in you. Before it brings about a change of position for you. Third point this morning is this that prayer is a vital asset for the mission. Prayer. Here in Jonah was not just get me out of here, but it was a surrendered position. I am totally yours. I will do whatever you ask me to do, whenever you ask me to do it, for however long you ask me to do it, I am yours. Prayer is communication with the Father. It's just having a conversation with Him. That's all that it is. And it's vital to this mission because you and I understand as we surrender ourselves, as we repent, as we confess our sins before Him, we understand a couple of things. Number one, we understand that we're no longer in charge of our lives. When Jonah was in charge, he went down. When The father was in charge of Jonah's life. He brought him out. He caused the fish. He spoke to it. And the fish vomited Jonah out upon dry land. You ever think about how he did that? I mean, just the picture. Was it like end over end, kicking a field gold? Spiral? Knuckleball? I I don't know. I'm weird when I read. Trying to figure out how this all happened. But... If this is a great fish, he's not up against the shore. He vomited him out, projected him a little while, and he landed there on dry land. It's a bad picture, I know. One of us got it, but that's all right. You'll never think of this fish and Jonah the same again. But you know, it is kind of gross, and it needs to be gross for you and me as well, because that's what sin is, is gross and God wants to get you out on dry land just like he did Jonah. And he will if you and I will surrender. We're no longer in charge. He's in charge. You and I don't des- we don't know what God wants next. Jonah didn't know what he wanted next, but he was willing to say, "All right, Lord, whatever it is, I'm with you." he had somewhat of a clue that he still wanted him to go to Nineveh and he came to the point he said okay I'll do it but you and I don't know what God wants next yet we need him to direct us day after day step after step moment by moment and prayer it is spiritual oxygen it's what gives you and me spiritual life. And you and I need to remember this and we need to practice it. I remember spending, having the opportunity, the honor to spend some time with Adrian Rogers. I was in a group of 30 or so pastors and I spent a few days with him up at Bellevue. and I remember him talking about the uh, the topic of prayer and he said, you know, Guys, there's not often times that I spend head bowed, sprawled out, laid out before God 30, 40 minutes, an hour at a time. There's not often that I do that, but you need to understand this also. There's not often very many moments that go by without me spending time with Him. Did you catch that? What was he doing? He was just spending time conversing with him as he made decisions, as he read, as he talked with people. He was also talking with the Father. It wasn't that he had hours of time, hey, let's just go get alone and let's lay out and and be sprawled out before him. No, it was... Woven and meshed together in his whole life. And that's what prayer is for you and me as well. It is spiritual oxygen. It is what brings about spiritual life for you and me. And we must communicate with the Father. When's the last time that you just spent a few moments? Quiet. A few moments. Maybe it was before everybody got up this morning. Maybe it was before... After everybody went to bed last night, when was the last time that you spent just a few moments crying out to the Father? I close the the message and on the mission of surrender and repentance with this point. It's hard for us to bear. You're not the main character. You're not the main character in your life. We uh, Americans like to think it's all about us. We men like to think it's all about us. We Christians like to think it's all about us. You're not the main character. I'm not the main character. God is... The main character in this passage. He's the main character in this book. He's the main character in this Bible. He's the main character in your life. He's the main character in this universe, in this galaxy, in this all of creation. He is the main character. He spoke to Job. I was reminded of this this morning. He spoke to Job in Job chapter 38. He stated this, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, uh, the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens my counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you? Put your own name here. When you and I think that we're the main character, and when we think that we're in charge... God asked this question to you and He asked this question to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have any understanding. What determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang? Together And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the seas with doors when it burst out from its womb. When I made clouds like its garments and thick darkness its swelling band. Or prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no further. And here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken from it? Then he asked some pointed questions and I close. Hey, Job, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the Maserath in their season? Some of you are like, what are the Maseroth? What's Orion? Their constellations and stars? Can you guide the bear with its children? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can can you... Put your name there. can, Can you establish their rule on the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? Can you send forth lightnings that they may go and say to you, Here we are. Can you do that? Who has put wisdom in the inward parts or given understanding to the mind? Who can number the clouds by wisdom or who can tilt the water skins of the heavens when the dust runs into a mass and the clouds stick fast together? Can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of young lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in the thicket? Who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry out to God for help and wander about for the lack of food? This is just one passage, but it's a passage that lets you and lets me understand that He is the one that is in charge. So, today, whether you find yourself in the belly of a fish, so today, if you find yourself and everything is great, know this He's the main character. And He has you right where He wants you so that you, so that I would turn our attention, our focus, Our lives toward Him. Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Father, it is a passage that uh, we look at this morning. Father, a passage to uh, look inwardly because, because of attitudes that we have toward one another that we shouldn't have. Attitudes that we have toward you that we shouldn't have. Words that we've spoken. Actions that we've done or not done that you wanted us to do or not do. We did the opposite. It's sin. And Father, there is a sin nature in me that wants to rule and reign my life every moment of every day. And there's a sin nature in us God, would we surrender our lives to you? Would we take the words of your son? Would I take the words of your son? Anyone that wants to come after me, deny himself or herself. Take up the cross and follow me. Some of you here today have never bowed the knee. You've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You've never accepted the love that He has displayed for you. He comes and He says to you, come today. Today. Make today the day that you will give your life to Him. Maybe it's because of all the consequences that are piling up. Would you just come and He will walk with you through those consequences from this point? point forward not that he'll take them away but he'll walk with you and bring glory to himself we're going to stand and we're going to sing the altar is always open if you want me to pray with you i'll be more than happy to pray with you if you want me to introduce you to our lord and savior would you come as we stand and sing